to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Wednesday, June 3rd. Given what is going on around the world right now, we wanted to have a little bit of fun on today's Mini Break. Give all of you fans a place where you can step away from all of the stresses of everyday life because there really are so many right now in the world. And whenever I want to have fun, regardless of if it's in a, on a podcast or whatever it may be in my life, there's one man I always turn to. He is my doubles partner, partner in crime. And folks, I am telling you the man you never want to travel without. Maxwell Labauer Rothman. Maxie, welcome back to the show. How are you doing today? I'm good. I I, uh, I kind of forgot we were doing this on film and everyone's going to see me mocking your intro because, uh, you know, I gave the <laughs> that, that whole thing. So uh, apologies, everyone. But uh, no, I'm good. Obviously, you know, a weird time. Um, and uh, I, I really appreciated the the post that you sent out earlier today uh, it was well written, well said. I think it's uh, a nice tie into the work that you know the the sport that we that we know and love. And um, you know, like you said, I think that you know we we want to spend some time just having a little fun here. Uh, we we got a nice little activity that we spent some time thinking about, and uh, let's let's you know let's let's have some fun and, and talk about a potential kind of mix between players and college and that's uh, a little a little sneak peek into what we're about to get into but should be cool yeah. no we call that in the business a tease and let me just say of course i pay you this beautiful compliment and you start off with a dig but then i have to say i appreciate you saying that and of course you and i happen to have similar backgrounds but across the tennis world all of the people we met throughout our tennis experiences half of the enjoyment we get is because of how diverse that background can be especially you know the way we're playing club tennis i promise you uh the kids you find at uc irvine or at northwestern or at georgia or at michigan or texas all of these different schools so many different stories so many different backgrounds it's you know the global nature of tennis is part of its appeal it's part of its allure and it's part of you know its strength as well that it, there are so many different communities it draws from it's you know why it's such a fantastic sport so i appreciate you saying that um and again you know rain or shine you are the person i always enjoy having fun with so I, it is nice to have you back today to have a little bit of fun as you mentioned we are going to be doing something i tweeted out i believe it was last monday it's something you see a lot when it comes to team sports right you get an allocated amount of money and then you draft your ideal lineup and at basketball it's a point guard shooting guard small forward power forward center it's pretty straightforward even football any sport where there's positions it becomes a little bit more obvious what you're drafting in tennis that's usually not the case uh but of course we happen to be proponents here of college tennis and we know that tennis in a team form can look wonderful so that's what we did today college tennis format lineup so it's d1 six single spots three doubles teams you know best of seven points first team to four wins there are six different categories of player we divided up players ranging in price from six dollars to one dollar you had twenty one dollars that's six plus five plus four plus three plus two plus one in case anyone's wondering how we came up with that twenty one dollar lineup to pick your best lineup so we get to test our gm skills and as maxi mentioned have a little bit of fun today of course the reason we are able to have so much fun here on our mini break podcast is that because of the support we get from our friends at midwest sports and you know this because midwest sports has been serving as one of the world's premier online tennis equipment suppliers for more than 20 years. It's because they offer a comprehensive selection of fast shipping tennis supplies that few retailers can match. And it's because they have one of the largest in-stock inventories of tennis equipment online with tens of thousands of products available for shipping from their automated warehouse directly to your front door. They value innovation and have personally tailored their products to highlight your skills on the tennis court. And Maxi, this is going to work beautifully for us today. I'm so happy I have you on because as you know the Crack Rackets Open is coming up and so I am looking for a new pair of tennis shoes just in case I decide to bring my lazy ass back out on the tennis court. Uh, what is the first thing I did, Maxie? Tell the listeners when I went to go purchase shoes. Well, per usual, you uh, you consulted your fashion uh, expertise <laughs> and uh, I uh, gave you the thumbs up on the Air Zoom or what are they, the Vapor X's, I think is what they're called, the Zoom X's. I, I'm blanking on the name, but uh, those beautiful Nike shoes and uh, I gave you the thumbs up. You ordered them straight from MidwestSports.com because why wouldn't you? Best, yeah. best out there. 
Um, and I did the same. I actually just wore through my last pair, and once I saw that you were uh, getting that nice gray-blue mix color, uh, I had to go and order the, the same thing. And you know what was nice? Is that I was actually, um, it actually came in this morning, and uh, I had a, a, a match today with a friend. And you know what? Came with a free can of Wilson tennis balls. It was perfect. Got to use those. Uh, and it came in quick. I love that too. You know, they're, they're always on time with their shipping. Uh, and the other beautiful thing is we've got a nice little discount code for you. So CR15, get a nice 15% off any uh, anything from the, the sailor clearance section. And it's, uh, it's a wonderful little bonus that uh, we like to try and give our fans. Yeah, as he mentioned, use that promo code CR15. I ordered myself up that brand new pair of shoes to my house because I'm going home this weekend, and I wanted to ensure we had tennis balls because never trust Nicholas Gruskin to have you know nice tennis balls to use on the court. So we have a can ready to go, just like yourself, Maxie. And of course, if you don't have a Max Rothman in your life, rest assured the staff at Midwest Sports are intimately familiar with all of their products and can help you find that perfect racket, perfect string, or perfect pair of tennis clothing to enjoy sure that you get the best out of your game so go to midwestsports.com use that promo code cr15 15 percent free two-day shippings on all order over 75 dollars and of course as we mentioned that free can of wilson extra duty tennis balls i mean we're all buying tennis equipment we're all ready to get back on the court you might as well do it go to midwestsports.com use the promo code cr15 all right with that being said, Maxi, let's have some fun. And again, $21 is the deal. D1 college tennis format. You got to pick six players, make your single lineup, make three doubles team as well. We will let you, the fans, decide who picked the better teams. Just real quick now to go through. Let's start, I suppose, with the players and who we have to pick from. And I'm going to go by category by category, and then we will get into our team. Starting at the top, the $6 category players. And I should say, if I could do this again... I would probably take out the $5 players. I would make a new category of player and throw them at the two position and then, you know, restart because I think that is one of the glitches in this system. I started to realize yeah, there's I, just there's no appeal to the $5 players, but we'll get to that in a second. I um, was going to say, <laughs> I, yeah. I couldn't wait to hear yours because that $5 category section is... It's a weird. You're, you're right. I'm gonna let you keep going, yeah, but it, it I was a mistake I made. Just, just so you listen. Look, we all make mistakes. You do five podcasts. Everybody has those days. Just... <laughs> exactly. Again, um, agree. But we nailed the six dollar one. Uh, no, hey, great shot to you. We nailed the six dollar category. You know, four obvious players when you think of the top four who you should put in a category: Federer, Djokovic, Nadal, Sampras. Now. If I could redo it, I may throw Sampras in the $5 category just so you have that apple in your eye. You're like, ooh, Sampras for 5 feels like a bargain because he's better than all of the other $5 players. But I didn't do that. I wanted a fourth in the $6 category, so I put Sampras, Federer, uh, Nadal, and Djokovic. And if you're going to give me shit, Maxi, about it not being a big four, yes, do it now. I mean, I can't just – I just can't even tell you the smile that was on my face when I saw Murray as a $4 player. <laughs> it was just – oh, it made me so happy. But I, I won't give you any more sh- I promise. That's no, it. it's – here's the thing. There's a draft in my text, and I would show it to all of you, but, you know, it becomes difficult for Westoff at that point to, you know, zoom in. But there's a draft in because Jamie McDonald made the beautiful graphic, a member of our CR team, who you all know, and I sent him one with Murray in that line, and he was just like, dude, what are you doing? And I was like <laughs> – right, I was like – yeah, I was like, all right, if the Jamies of the world are, he was like, I'm not making the graphic like that. I was like, you know what? Not the fight to have. Smart man. Yeah. Smart man. <laughs> exactly. So $6 category players are the ones you would expect. The big boys, Federer, Djokovic, Nadal, Sampras. $5 category, McEnroe, Borg, Connors, Lendl, Agassi. And if you're asking me for what I was going with at the time, I was like, oh, I'll throw in some players of the same uh, era so their playing styles will all be the same. A lot of them had double success as well. But again, that's probably the one where you're like, oh, Agassi's nice, but is he, you know, $5? When you start to hear the $4 players, you're like, these guys aren't that nice. Obviously, incredible Grand Slam champions, but this is the category I regret the most. Yeah, it's a tough category. I mean, I know that one of the caveats to this exercise is that we're assuming that all these players are at their peak, right? These are their best performing self. And yes, all those players, astounding at their peak, 
Um, but it, it really is so hard. Di- yeah. It's so different. It's really hard to – and even Sampras at a tiny bit, it's hard to even – throw him at, at times into these lineups but uh yeah that category that that five dollar section's uh, a little hard when you hear what i'm gonna pick as my home stadium you'd be like yeah you don't want sampras hitting there anymore so i agree with you it's tough and yeah i thought you know McEnroe, ooh, e- exceptional doubles player maybe you throw him in that's value at five dollars you get a single stalwart a guy who played college tennis as well as a guy who was an exceptional doubles talent uh but yes that five dollar category McEnroe, Bohr, connors lendl agassi lacking a little panache for sure the four dollar category is where you make your money in this game because here are the five players we have andy murray stan wawrinka juan martin del potro leighton hewitt marat safin i think that's the four and the three dollar categories i think i nailed rothman yeah the four and the three are great um you know i I think that where our lineups where we're gonna see it's uh, it really comes down to these that four three two like where where you're picking and choosing from them because it can make a huge difference uh, based on the dollar value and, and who you get to to pick from those sections. So uh, yeah, uh, I'll I'll give you credit here. Nail, nailed it. No, someone called Billy Bean. This is Moneyball Tennis Edition. Um, but so four dollars. Murray Wawrinka, Delpo, Hewitt, Saf, and all players of the same caliber. Correct. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, and so again, that $6 mucho grand slams, $5 you won, 5 plus, $4 you got multiple grand slams, you're in the ball game. The $3 category is just my favorite category of player, but it's probably uh, the one you might avoid. You have David Ferrer, Tomas Burdich, David Nalbandian, Robin Soderling, Nikolai Davidenko. It's an interesting category. All of those guys came awfully close to winning Grand Slam titles, but unfortunately, none of them could get over the hump. Your thoughts on this category? I mean, the thing about a lot of these players, right, again, thinking about their peaks, you know, we have Soderling taking out Nadal at the French. Like, if you want to think of that as a peak, that's a, it's a big argument to be made. Um, so, really interesting category. Uh, I'm not going to say whether or not I have players or any player from this category, uh, but it definitely could be a, a really uh, interesting kink in a lineup. So. so, My former tennis coach sent me, he said, give me Federer, Djokovic, Nadal, Soderling. That's my 21. I'll play you and Fliegner at five and six, and it doesn't matter. Like, we're winning no matter <laughs> what. Uh, that's a good one. Yeah, hey, great shot to you. So, yes, that $3 category, because, again, it's the prime of the player, and that's why I like the $4 category, because Delpo, Wawrinka, Murray playing their best. Hello. Um, but, yes, the $3 category. Ferrer, Burdich, now Bandian, Soderling, Davidanko. Now for the $2 category. Next-gen plus team. It's all of the names you would expect. Alex Virov, Stefano Tsitsipas, Daniil Medvedev, Matteo Berrettini, and Dominic Team. It's an interesting category for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, this is going to be a, an interesting one to debate and discuss because uh, their peaks have kind of yet to happen, I think, for a lot of these guys. And obviously God willing. Seen, God willing, for sure. Um, and obviously, you know, we, we've seen just little streaks of excellence from all of them. Um, so that's, this is going to be, I think, where a lot of the debate will be held. Yeah, and then, of course, the $1 players. And by the way, you know, if we're doing an exercise like this, if we're having a fun debate, I'm going to find every excuse possible to defend Alex Firov in that debate. It's just what I like to do with my free time. And so, yes, he had to be thrown in there. Zverev, Tsitsipas, Team, Medvedev, Berrettini. And again, you guys can find this graphic on our website or on my Twitter feed. Uh, but the number $1 players, Bob Bryan. Mike Bryan, Todd Woodbridge, who, again, you might ask yourselves, who's Todd Woodbridge? Exceptional doubles player, also a guy who reached the top 40 in the ATP singles ranking, so a little bit of bang for your buck. You've also got Nico Mahout, and then a guy who I think has been on every single team I have seen in every response to the initial po- uh, post, Jack Sock, rounding out that $1 category. So a bunch of doubles specialists, but... You know, if you take a couple of the higher priced guys, you got to fill out that bottom of the roster and you got to think at six singles, are you getting the bang for your buck with Jack Sock? I suppose that is a decision both of us will have to weigh as we start to reveal our teams. And again, D1 format, you had a $21 maximum. You got to have six players, three doubles teams. Max Rothman, do you want to announce your pick first or would you like me to go? Um, I want you to go. I, I want to hear. We can get. I almost want to go. 
player by player if, if we're if we're feeling you know oh little, for uh, sure yeah let's do it a, so a little something oh i'm feeling competitive as always maxi i say we go through the lineups one singles all the way down and just Perfect. you know sort of release where you're at with your budget as you go I'm, I'm trying to think am i missing anything we'll name our you know pseudo coaches at the end we'll name our home stadiums again it's very subjective and we encourage all of you give us your lineups we want to know what you think we want to know who you think did a better gm job because you know maxi and i are going to beef about this moving forward i'm already excited as we go uh you want my first pick yeah i mean i just i can't wait for the twitter poll on who they think uh whose team would win in a a college (laughs) format style it'd be it'd be fun to see i think i no i think me and jamie came pretty close to tying last time i definitely didn't win as definitively as i would have liked because i would remember if i did um but all right my number one singles player he has been ranked as high as number one in the world of course he has also been a accomplished doubles player as well winning an olympic gold medal in the 2016 olympic games for his native country of spain has also played multiple davis cup rubbers as well a guy who has 11 career titles in doubles give me the lefty Rafa Nadal, who I'm taking to play my number one singles position because regardless of the surface, I am, I'm no A, I'm getting 110% out of my number one singles player. I know everyone is going to feed off of his energy. I've seen him in the Laver Cup, and I know the team environment brings out the best in Rafa Nadal. You know, I've watched him watch a Davis Cup match for Spain, and you see him get nervous. You see him get edgy. Not only is he an outstanding chemistry guy, he's a lefty as well. You throw him into any doubles comp and you like your chances already. Now, he's probably a better volleyer now than he was earlier in his career. And if you're taking the best version of Rafa, you probably want the one from early in his career. But give me Rafa Nadal because I'm a lefty now. I know I'm competitive at the top of the lineup and I just have more options. Yeah, that I mean, that that's a fair option. And uh, yeah, I think it's only you know, suit uh, fitting that I chose his greatest rival uh, in Roger Federer. Also has a gold medal in doubles in 2008 with Stan Wawrinka. Uh, I think is definitively a better doubles player than Rafa Nadal. Oh, uh, definitively. So first defin- of all, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Definitively better doubles player than Rafa Nadal. Uh, you know, we don't have to list Roger Federer's accolades. Uh, you know, we we've seen him play for the last you know 20 years uh and you know if we want to talk about peak you know think about uh 2006 roger federer think about 2017 roger federer uh it combined the two you got the wisdom plus the youth uh that player is pretty hard to beat and uh you know like i said definitively better doubles player i think is a huge asset uh both to the singles lineup and to the doubles lineup I mean, I vehemently disagree with a couple of things you said there. Let's start with the hottest take. Roger Federer is not Rafa's greatest rival. Rafa's greatest rival is Novak Djokovic. I think that's indisputable. Federer just doesn't give Djokovic trouble the way— or doesn't give Nadal trouble the way Djokovic does. Look at the clay results. Look at the career head-to-head. There's a reason Rafa's definitively ahead of Roger Federer. Now, if you're asking historically— Yeah, it's the the history. It's the storyline. But I I don't think it's the rivalry that's historical. Historic. It's almost the friendship at this point, and that might be an issue. Like, I wish it was a sure. rivalry. I wish it I was a little more even, contentious. I still think either way, these two started out more at the same time. They started out playing together at a younger age because they are closer in age. They've been playing up to this point. Uh, they've had I I don't I can't even say they've had more historic matches. But like you said, you know that relationship and that story that we've seen. I mean, until Djokovic got hot, you know. Late, later into his 20s and started really, you know, beating both of these guys on a more consistent level, it was the Roger federer Rafa Nadal show. And so I think for that reason, forever, their rivalry or friendship, whatever you'd like to call it, will still be considered, you know, one of the greatest and potentially, I think, the greatest of all time. What they brought out in each other is certainly special. If you're asking me what's better tennis, straight up, it's Rafa Djokovic. I just think the quality is better. When it's Rafa versus Federer, you know exactly what you're going to see. Forehand into the backhand, forehand in the backhand, run around forehand. Rafa takes his backhand up the line, elevated to buy himself. I think time. you've convinced. I think you've convinced yourself of that. Go back. No, and I've watch. memorized it. I've memorized go, the pattern. Go back and watch older matches. It's just not the case, especially when Federer comes in, and, and even the newer matches when Federer no. starts to come. 
come in more. And the aggression. No, of course, the an aggressive Roger is always going to look like an aggressive Roger, regardless of his opponent. I just don't think his level of you know what he's attempting to execute against Rafa is the same way he attempts to execute against anyone. What Rafa has to do against Djokovic is summon every ounce of his strength. And again, this is exactly where I saw this podcast going. This is I was about to say. No, no, we wanted to have fun today. That's the point. The point of today's podcast is to get everyone's mind off of how life is just in general. So I think this conversation does its job. You can't tell me, Rothman, that in terms of evoking better tennis, Novak Djokovic, to beat Novak Djokovic, Rafa Nadal must play better. He must find something within himself, more within himself than when he plays Roger. And thus, to me, it's a better rivalry because it evokes better tennis and a better level of competition of competitor. Rafa wins seven six in the fourth set in that 2012 final against the in the Australian Open, and he is on his knees, like thanking the lords that he extended the match to the fifth. He's never done that against Federer in any circumstance. First of all, I don't think that's true. No, it is true. We just did a CR Classic on it. That's why I know. I. so you've gone back through every single match, watched every single fourth set ever against Roger Federer. I it doesn't get it. to the fourth because Rafa whoops his... Uh, that's not true either. <laughs> Look at the records. I, right, I, anyways, we could do this for an entire podcast. I think we should move on to our two singles. Well, can again, yes, you're right. This is off track. I disagree with you. I will give you this last factoid. Rafa Nadal. 15 doubles finals in his career, 11 titles, four runners-up, as you mentioned, uh, won a Summer Olympic game. He's also won three Masters events, his last title, October of 2016. Roger Federer, 14 finals, one less than Rafa. Eight titles, six runners-up. Again, that's less than Rafa. Also, the last time he won a doubles match, the August or doubles event, the August 2008 Summer Olympics. Give me Rafa with the doubles chops, which was really the point I was trying to make the entire time. Um, but yeah, so that's my one singles. No qualms with uh, Roger Federer. I think we are both leaving Novak Djokovic on the table because we just don't trust him in doubles the way uh, that we trust the other two. And again, sorry to you, Pistol Pete. Uh, I love your serve. I love your eyebrows. They're what I role modeled mine after. Uh, unfortunately, you didn't make the cut. All right, I went first for the one singles. Give me your two singles. So... I, I don't know if this is bending the rules because I was never made clear. There are no rule, rule. The only rule is $21. Okay. Well, then my number two is Pistol Pete. I decided uh. to take two two from the top line. Uh, I, again, you know, we're looking at a guy with a history that we don't need to get into. Um, and I think another person who in the doubles lineup is to be feared. The serve, the volleys are just spectacular. Um, you know, I – I, it, the hard thing for me with him was figuring out who to pair him with, uh, and we'll get there. Uh, but, you know, look, we got $21, and I figured why not take two from the top line? They're, he's just, you know, definitely better than the, the his peak. I'll take his peak over anyone else uh, besides, you know, Federer, Djokovic, and Nadal. So that was my, my reasoning in taking him. Your team better be playing on a grass court because otherwise, I mean, just matchup-wise, I'm going to own your ass. And the reason I say that is because I know now, and I reserve the right to, you know, your doubles lineup. I'm a bit scared. I think, like, you could have some pretty nice doubles teams with these two foundational pieces. But I'm up 2-0 in singles because Rafa's beating Roger, and then Murray is just going to be sitting on that baseline, taking returns early, picking off that Sampras return, just dipping it low at his feet. Easy second pass. It's a return pass combo. We're up 2-0 in singles. I don't even care about the doubles ramifications. Although I will say, Andy Murray, Rapper in doubles. Sneaky good. We all saw him again, you know, come back on the grass last year, win in Queens with Feliciano Lopez. He's had a ton of Davis Cup success as well. And if you think I'm not having Andy Murray on my team, you're crazy. But that is my of two course. single selection. $10 spent. Maxi, I like your Sampras pick, but I don't love it. What do you think of my Murray pick? I mean, I knew you were picking Murray uh, <laughs> as your two. That was, you know, an undisputed choice. It's true. Um, the thing that I think you're forgetting, and, and look, it, the surface of the court, I mean, if we're going to bring that in and choose all the different surfaces, I mean, this conversation will literally never end. Um, I think something that you're forgetting is that this is college format. This is two out of three sets. And yes. No ad scoring? No ads. Yeah. Oh, I mean, now I like your team a lot better. That's a yeah. very good point. I mean, very, look, very good point. You said NCAA D1 format, yeah. and that is exactly what I went to. And look, 
I will take Nadal in five sets most of the time over Federer. I might take Murray in five sets most of the time over Sampras. I'm not taking either of them over these two in two out of three sets, no ad scoring. So, um, yeah, I, I don't even have to, to argue much more about that. I think that those are two matches that I'm actually expecting to win uh, in, in this format. We're right around our three-year anniversary of our first podcast. That has to be my favorite point I think you've ever made. I have nothing to add. <laughs> that was brilliant. That, you nailed it there. That's the case right there for spending your first $12 on those two players. Can't disagree. I think you see my logic as well. I'll go. I do. You, want, uh, you went first for player two. You Here, want me, me to go three? You want to do a little snake draft? Uh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll give you three. All right, go for it. So this was a tough one. This is um, where things get fun. This is where how do you spend your money? Because a recap, he's 12 deep. He's got nine to go. I am 10 deep. I've got 12 to go. Uh, 12 to go. Excuse me, 11 to go. Hey, great shot. Um, Maxi, your pick. So this was tough. Um, I wanted someone that I was supremely confident in in this three spot in singles but also wasn't going to totally botch the doubles lineup. And part of me really wanted to go with Warinka because I really wanted the Fed Warinka doubles team. I mean, that that's a hard one to pass up. But I opted with Delpo because I think Delpo's peak in singles is so hard to pass up. And at the three spot, to have Delpo at the three spot in singles – I, I have a hard time seeing an argument for any other player in that three spot to take him. Uh, yes, he's going to probably hurt us a little bit in that double spot, but I, I think he's uh, he's dangerous in that three. He's a very, very tough three. Well, this is where I'm going to say, Carlos Silva, if you're listening to this podcast, just give me the Ann Arbor-based World Team Tennis Program. I'll be the GM. I'll let Maxi be my assistant. I love the way he's thinking at the top of the lineup, and I'm going to need his creativity when we come to doubles. But this is where I win this part of the, you know, this is where I'm telling you. I think I've got three singles points on the board because the way I budgeted my lineup, Nadal, $6 at the top, Murray, $4 at two singles. My three and four singles, Maxi, the two players you just mentioned, Stan Wawrinka, going to play three singles for me. I need 2014, 15, 16 Australian Open. Stan, give me some 9 two-handed backhands. I haven't been injured yet. Juan Martin Del Potro at four singles. Am I nervous about my doubles lineups given that I've got Murray Wawrinka and Delpo, and I don't see natural fits for them between any of the pairings on the doubles court yet. Yeah, I'm a little bit worried about that doubles point. I'm a little bit worried about the Mo, um, but I'm very happy with my three and four singles players. Yeah, so I, I think that three singles is the best debate that there could be. That the the Delpo Stan Wawrinka three singles match is probably where this match comes to a tiebreak. It, Do we go right watch there. that court? If we're at this match, are you on Rafa versus Fed? Are you on Murray versus Sampras? Or are you on Stan versus Delpo? What court? Well, you're are you on you're, you're starting at Fed uh, Nadal, and then once all the other matches finish, and it's just Wawrinka and Delpo left in a third set tiebreaker, you're moving over to that match. <laughs> that, that's 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 exactly what's happening. And the question uh, is, and I'll ask you for your coaching staff at the end. I assume you're going to be a part of it. Which matches are you coaching? Are you like, I've got this one? I mean, we'll get there. We'll get there at the end. We'll get there at the yeah. end. Yeah. So I'll give you my four, and, and, I'll, and I'll say this is a, a tough one because Delpo at the four singles, I just told you Delpo at the three singles is hard to beat. I have team at my four. And team versus Delpo, again, we're, this is where I'm, I will take a loss at four singles with team to Delpo because two out of three sets, no ad scoring, Delpo with the huge forehand and serve that's a tough match for team teams winning that one on clay for sure um but yeah i i don't know how many he's he's probably only winning three out of ten times against delpo in this format at, at a four single spot I will say today, and as he walks into the room right now behind camera, Parker Thienemann, I think, made the very argument for Dominic Team over Juan Martin Del Potro when we were outside chatting. So you're not alone in that one. He I, liked him at look, four singles, too. I, look, I, I think that there is, you know, look, college format, anything happens. Two out of three sets, it's kind of a toss-up, especially no ad. He could definitely pull it out, and Team is a grinder. I mean, he's a tough player to, to close out points with, so I think it could happen, but that's a, that's a hard matchup for him. I mean, they are both hitting big for sure, and now I'm really interested in what your doubles teams are going to look like because Delpo and Team, and things are getting a little bit frisky, Maxi. So I have spent, again, 
$18 through four players, I believe you have spent, uh, let me do a quick math, five plus 12 is $17 heading into the last two positions. Maxi, give me your five singles player. So because I was low on money, uh, <laughs> I, could, I, I literally could not choose a $3 player. Otherwise, I would not have had a sixth player. I want to say, so did you both, You, I hope our listeners have noticed we completely, we both abandoned, because I have $3 left, which means I can't afford a $3 player. I think you could have afforded a $3 player. Am I wrong here? How much have you spent so far um, between what, six, six? Oh, you the- have a four, though. I forgot about the four as well. Um, yeah, and so, you know, we both elected to forego the Nelbandian, Soderling, Ferrer, Burdich uh, level as well of as the, player. As well as the $5 players. Yeah, and uh, Davi Danko as well. Do you, and do you think that – is there an oversight? Is there a guy we're missing out? If you're getting the best form, let's just have that conversation real quick, of Davi Danko, Soderling, Nelbandian, Burdich, Ferrer, who are you picking? I mean, so it, it's tough. I've, I've been watching a lot of Nelbandian highlights, um, <laughs> and – that dude rips, and I totally forgot how good he was. He uh, rips. Rips. And, Beautiful ball striker. Right. And and the problem is I don't know how I feel about him as a doubles player. Um, Erratic, he did, too. He's an in-the-locker-room nightmare. You just have this yeah. feeling. And and I He's felt that way like, about— why am I not playing two? Like, I beat Roger at that World Tour—or at that year-end finals. Like, why am I not playing one? Right, and I felt that way too about Burdich a little bit. Like that guy is a locker room at nightmare. I mean, the fans don't like him. Nobody's cheering for his court, no matter what's happening. <laughs> um, so that was tough too. And then Ferrer, of course, just the absolute fighter, but he just ruins you in doubles. Um, yeah, it's a tough category. I mean, really, I think these are probably some of the worst doubles players as a whole uh, for an entire you know dollar group. Uh, so it, it was a pretty easy one to avoid, I think. Soderling's the interesting one because if you have a uh, Robin Soderling at five, that's like putting JC Aragoni at five. You're like, ooh, you know, it depends yeah. how you budget, but it's interesting. And him playing his best match, or even him at four, you like that one. I agree with you. Doubles wise, it's tough. You know, Ferrer's that perfect guy you want in the team. He's the one who's going out, and then you and him are ripping cigs as you go to the bar all night long. And so you definitely want him on your roster. But I agree with you. You love bringing that back up. Uh, it's <laughs> a great fact it. to it because it's just the, the paradox of it all right him yeah, for him to be doing that it's just you know it's part of the unintentional comedy that makes tennis tennis but anyways three dollar categories out we both have limited cash your five singles player so i, I went with Pass, and here's why i knew you would yeah and i i almost went with zverev but i knew you were gonna take zverev <laughs> and i'm and i'll just tell you now that that gruskin's five is zverev um and i'll take Pass over zverev the the entire time uh, for two reasons. One, he's in his head. Tsitsipas has more wins over Zverev. That's just that's a, that's a given. Uh, two, the doubles. Tsitsipas is a doubles beast, and I know he doesn't have necessarily a record yet to really prove that. But we've watched him play doubles. His hands are clean at the net. He he reads doubles well. I mean, I, I was even watching some mixed doubles from him today, uh, and the the guy just has a really good doubles IQ. And I think he's an easy person to pair with, uh, four doubles to to get a, a an easy win. So um, I'll, I'll just hop right into six uh, since we know your five is well, uh, Zverev. So can I'll I just, just mention it real? Well, let me just add to your point real quick because I know six singles will be a wash, so we'll only have to talk about it once. <laughs> uh, to your point on Stefano Tsitsipas doubles finalist at last year's Miami Open, semi finalist at the Madrid Open, and most importantly played eight of nine events. Uh, I believe on the uh, world ma- or on the Masters circuit in terms of uh, uh, playing uh, doubles in all of them. So yeah, he's a guy who's gotten reps. He's obviously a guy not afraid to move forward. And yeah, you're right. We don't have to go through my five pick. I picks Alex Virov, who has played doubles here and there, particularly loves to play with his brother whenever possible. But in terms of their pedigree, yeah, you probably like Tsitsipas a little bit more. I'm all in on That's the match I'm coaching. I'm like, Zverev, we are beating him, and then you're never losing to him again, okay? And I'm just going to talk about him and be like, you're better looking. Like, you don't have all the social media. Like, you're not, you know, you're in your, you're not in your own world. You're, you know, personable, and you can connect. And yeah, you're cocky, but be cocky and take him out. But yeah, that was my five. I have Murray. I have Zverev. I'm never leaving this team alone again. 
<laughs> yeah, you're you're literally you're partying with them. You're that, you're that coach that's like I'm like I'm guys sleeping we, in no, bed with you guys. No, like, <laughs> like how we got to nationals on Wednesday or Tuesday or whatever. Be like, guys, we're getting there a week before. Like, no, no, yeah, no. I we really care. need to train in advance. We need <laughs> to hit outdoors at night under the lights. Get yeah. prepped. Like, if you don't think we're team sauning the first six days, we all have issues. Um, so six singles. Can I assume we both have Jack Sock? We do both have Jack Sock. And and this is and I cannot wait to see who you pair with him at doubles because oh. I think this makes all the difference and and this is also where our discussion gets tough because uh, I don't know how we decide who's winning the six single spot. Uh, it's a wash. For, it's just a wash. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I I put sock. Do you do you want to get into doubles? Well, can I just say I think these exercises like when you combine singles and doubles, no one's a better like winner given the formation of Labor Cup than Jack Sock, who, like, him and Kyrgios, it's just, like, it's the pick. You're like, oh, they're available? It's a team event? I'm taking them. And so I feel like that should matter. Like, when you tell the story of Jack Sock eventually and when you tell the story of Nick Kyrgios eventually, that factoid, I, I just don't want to forget this fact. So I want to reiterate it now so it's stuck in my brain. We are both, you know, despite the frustration ones, you know, Jack Sock can evoke in a tennis fan— if it's a team event, it's a, if it's crutch time, you know, he's the guy you pick. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we've seen what he can do on a doubles court. And honestly, we, we've also, if we're, again, going back to peak Jack Sock, there was a time where he was money on the singles court. The dude can rip forehands. And there yeah. was a time where he was fitter. Um, so you definitely don't even count him out on the singles court. I mean, we can't really do this now given we both have him at six singles. But um, – you know, I, I like him over all the other $1 players at six singles, that's for sure. So, Hey, um, don't, don't sleep on Nico Mahout. Don't sleep look, on a no. young Bob Bryan either. Um, yeah, so, I, I'll still you take You can him. sleep on him. You can sleep on yeah. him. Um, all right, let's get to the doubles teams. This is where the fun happens. And I'm concerned about my doubles point. I'm not going to lie. I'm not thrilled with my doubles team. You're going to accuse me of stacking. We'll get to that in a second. You want to hear mine first or you want to give me your one? Doubles? Yeah, g- give me your one. So I wanted to lock one doubles in. I was like, I need to just win one of the rubbers for sure. I don't see how any pairing beats the pairing of Sock and Rafa. You have a lefty and a righty combined. Sock at one, obviously. Rafa, again, on the ad side, just pumping Jack up, keeping him positive. I love that duo. Yeah. um, So this is tough because I – and I don't think we'll ever agree on this, but I have Sock and Tsitsipas at number one. And I'm whooping and, that ass. No, see, that's where you're crazy, dude. Like, <laughs> if you're telling me that the you think I know you think that the Nadal lefty serve is so is gonna be so easy for Sock to go and put away, but the Tsitsipas <laughs> serve is money. Is absolutely money. That out wide slice is great. He's got a good kick. Um, Here's the thing. I I don't. The, it's the backhand. It's that you know where we're serving. It's like, hey Jack, hey Rob, we, we agree we're serving to the CT pass backhand and the so, sock backhand every time. We have targets. Can I also just say, I when I heard you were stacking, I I actually I had different. I had two different doubles lineups. I had one where I wanted to see if I could just like lock in uh, a one with CT pass and sock. I also had one where I had. Sock and Sampras, and oh, that's and, nice. And I had them at one originally, and I changed it, and whatever. I'll, I'll stay with so, where it is. So I would say stock Tsitsipas for you, not to coach your team, because I think you're about to beat me depth wise. I think you made the right choice there because your strength doubles wise is just the options you have. It's just like you can do a bunch of different things because you have three upper tier guys in Fed, Sampras, and Sock. Right, uh, and and I had look. I went through this doubles lineup like four different times and and I just decided to go with I think the one I went with is actually the most risky because in the event that Nadal and Sock take out a CT pass and Sock I might lose this doubles lineup because no I've I don't got, think he will sadly so so here's why though because I put Federer and and Sampras at number two and they're not losing oh that was a mistake you're well, right that's what I'm saying well that's yeah. what I'm saying I, I went with the riskiest one because I just Wanted, and and this is where you know you're saying you're stacking right putting those two I, uh, I don't no, know no no I'm stacking here because I put Zverev and Murray as my two and Delpo and Wawrinka as three and I can hear Ty Tucker calling you know Tim Russell and being like you can't allow this lineup this is unfair this is a, a, a assault on the integrity of college tennis and right, I'd be like, so that's see, a good point 
see, like I have Delpo and Team at three. So like those those That's are, a battle. yeah, a and, and, right. And it's it's a kind of a wash, but it's also not a. I mean, Wawrinka is probably a better doubles player than Team, so you might take you might give your them the three. But if I went with my other lineup where. I go Sox Sampras at one. They're winning. I'm See, sorry. I disagree. I go if I'm you, Sox Pass one. I keep and then I split up Federer and well, uh, right. and, that and was... Sampras and I put you know Federer at two with whether it be Delpo or Team, probably Team, and then Sampras and Delpo at three. And now I'm scared. Now I'm like, yeah. okay, we're losing two probably, well, and right. we're probably gonna lose three too because Sampras at three. You're just like, what do you do? Yeah, and look, that's what I was saying. As I went back and forth this, I was like, eh, screw it. I'll just go with the risky one to make it interesting. Because yeah. you're right. If you split up Sox, Sampras, and Fed amongst the three doubles teams, all three of them, it could be exactly. – all three of them could win. 100%. Exactly. That's so that's why I think doubles-wise you picked the better six. But let's go through it. So do you want to split them up for the sake of the lineup? Because that's what you end up doing, right? Like, Yeah, it is what I, it is what I yeah, would like, – I see it in yeah. your face. You're like, that's what you wanted to go with. Um, and yeah. so, yeah. And so, who do you want? Delpo with Sampras or Federer at two? Or, I mean, it can be any combo. I mean, honestly, I, I probably go Delpo and Fed and yeah, then go Team Sampras because I want two big serves in yeah. uh, the Delpo and, and Sampras, and each of them can close. So I, yeah, that's probably what I'd go with. So, that's a battle. So, let's go through what, you know, to round this bad boy off Rafa versus Federer at one. You're sticking with Fed. I'll take yeah. Rafa. Give uh, I'm me Rafa. Fed. Sampras Murray. Uh, Sampras, dude. Like it's it's crazy. <laughs> so here's here. Let me let me just tell yeah, you how I think. Yeah, no, no. Me, I'm gonna give. A, I'm gonna give. Yeah, I'm gonna give. Yeah, I agree. Sampras. Let me did. let me just tell you how I think this match is going for okay. for me in my perspective. We're winning this match four two because we're taking the doubles point. <laughs> socks a wash doesn't count. So, right. So socks a wash. We're taking the doubles point. Mm-hmm. You're up one out. Federer is beating the doll. You need him to if you're going to win this match. And and you need Nadal to win if you're going to win this match. Sampras <laughs> is beating Murray. And then and then Where's I oh point? well is point 4 for you zero of Tsitsipas. That's what you're telling me. Yeah, and I think and I think Tsitsipas is winning that match 7 or 8 out of 10 times. And so that's my 4. And then I think that so- and Socks wash and then I think the the Delpo Walrinka 3 is a toss up. Like I, I think that's a 50 it's a 50-50 match every time. So Here's the thing. In terms of your path, I agree. I think you probably take the doubles point. But that's the only matchup I definitively like for you. Now, I'm just saying from my perspective, and then you can tell me from your my team from yours. I like Delpo at four over team. I think that's my lock. And just, again, given their career head-to-head in singles, I take Nadal over Federer. That's my lock. I see two points on the board for me. For me, the swing match... Stan is a wash. We are not expecting Stan Wawrinka to beat Wawrinka. Uh, I mean, we need Delpo. Alex Zverev to beat Tsitsipas. Like, for us, we it's got to happen. Like, we are putting too much at stake at him. He's the up-and-coming young buck playing five. We're like, dude, we need you here. Um, but I think my pathway is I can get to four singles matches. I don't know if I see four for you. Like, if your team lost the doubles point, that's where things would get tough. Well, yeah, it definitely would. And—, and- you're right. I think we're counting on doubles going into it to, you know, win this. But but at the same time, right, if we're looking at 50-50 at the three spot, I think two is a lock. I, I think Sampras is beating Murray every time. I think Tsitsipas is beating Zverev seven or eight out of ten times. And again, we're talking seven or eight out of ten. That's not that's not a lock. Um, so we're we're really we're we're getting into the the Federer Nadal debate yeah. and we're We don't have in- to do that again. Right, and then we're getting into the the Djokovic Wawrinka debate. It's yeah. like, what? Where do we think these guys are going to come Delpo, out? Or given... Delpo Wawrinka? Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like, where are these guys going to come out on any given day? And it's tough. It's tough to know. Yeah. So just to recap again: Nadal versus Federer at one, Murray Sampras at two, Wawrinka Delpo three, Delpo team four, Zverev Tsitsipas five, the Sox a wash at six, my team Rafa Sock versus his team Sox Tsitsipas at one doubles, my team Zverev Murray versus his team I believe he said Federer Delpo at two, my team Delpo Wawrinka, which is being a fun match, his team. Uh, and by the way, that's the doubles court I'm on. Sampras and I believe uh, C- uh, Sampras and team 
and team at the number three. How Thank you very much. How crazy is it to put Sampras at three numbers? That's, like, that's just absurd. No, that's good coaching. I call that, uh, yeah, no, that's just genius. I agree with you. I've seen some funkier stuff in college tennis, though, let me tell you. And so in the theme of college tennis, you got to have coaches on court. I'm going to assume both of us are taking a coaching role. Who are the assistants? You can pick one. You can pick two. However, you know, no more than two. But who are you going with? So <laughs> I, I had, like, 10 options that I, I wanted to to include in this. So there was, like, the fun coaching that was me and Curios going out there and just <laughs> having a grand old time with this, this squad because we know how to have a good time with the boys. Um, that would be fun. There was the side of me that was like, let's get Coach Dabrowski out there because <laughs> no, she, she – we Never mind. I was going to make a joke. Yes, great. Great call. Yeah, she she'll just keep everyone organized. Food will be ready at all times. I mean, we're we're golden with the the prep. Um, and you can go out of- you can go out at night with her permission. Who <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm holding myself back there. Yeah, um, that's what I was like. I have things. I was like, don't say them. <laughs> there, there's the side of me that wants Judy Sella out there with me because I know he's got the fans coming with him. If you think that the Israelis aren't coming out in full force and supporting the squad, you're crazy. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I, I had a, a crazy list. I mean, I, I had Billie Jean King as an option out there. Oh, that's a good choice. Um, I mean, there there was a list of players. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm either sticking with, with Billie Jean or, or Curious. I'm either going, like, the freaking passion in Billie Jean and just, you know, inspiring my players, or I'm going with, like, Curious. Like, you know, we're having a good time. Like, if I'm going to, I don't know, we're going to Florida – I'm bringing Curios with me. Like we're we're going out in Miami <laughs> afterwards, and we're having a great time. I mean, if we're going to you know Northwestern, eh, Chicago's close. I don't know if we're going to somewhere in the Midwest where I don't care, like Ohio. Like, yeah, I'm bringing <laughs> Billy Jean. Like we're we're gonna go out there and we're gonna and just again, <laughs> yeah, no, I like that pick. So I have a couple of answers, serious ones and non-serious ones. I wrote down Arthur Oska, who was of course our senior of the year. We uh, I was a junior, someone who a year older than me in club tennis, who came to our national finals my senior year when we won. And it honestly, he did help us so much. But then I also remember day one, he was trying to be funny, and so he does what he always does when I'm at the net and tries to hit me as hard as possible. He nailed me right in the nuts, and I was like. Um, I would never forget and it, that. And it was a warm-up. <laughs> and I was like, dude, it's a warm-up. And so, you know, you can't peg any of our guys in the nuts. So he's out uh, for those reasons. You know, on a serious note, I can't emphasize this enough. And I do love, you know, so many coaches around the country. But there's one guy in particular who I keep will keep emphasizing that his coaching style just – it's the intensity and the passion he has, but the calmness with which he communicates that passion. And that's Tony Bresky at Wake Forest. I fell in love with Tony Bresky. And no, it's maybe not the answer you are expecting, um, but I just, I get it. I see it, and it's why he's had success everywhere he goes, because you just want to win for him. You just, as a player, the way he talks, and he's just, the belief he has in you, and he's just like, I trust you to do this. And there are times when you want someone to get on you, right? And I can understand if players have that, but Bresky, the serious coach, I suppose, choice for me. But as you mentioned, there are so many fun ones you could pick from right now, right? Like, would I take Mr. Goff? Like, clearly he's doing something right with his daughter, so not a bad pick at all. Uh, Would I pick uh, Daniel Westoff? Because I know our team's going to be rocked out and well-produced and ready to rock and roll. Um, yeah, another good pick as well. I probably end up going me, Tony Bresky, and then Max Rothman on the team because I know that's just a passionate uh, squad. Yeah, that's that's a passionate to. squad. See, now I look bad for not saying you. Like, yeah, you were <laughs> on the options list, of course. Like, yeah. I could not do that. No, but. you'd make me a water boy. You'd be like, Alex, come on. I, you, I've seen you execute in a coaching role. doesn't work. I'm like, come <laughs> on. Um, yeah, yeah stop calling for kicks out wide. Like, that doesn't work that often. I'm like, no, come on. I know uh, you love it, but relax. Yeah. <laughs> That's a nice little joke for all you. But yeah, I mean, this was fun. This is exactly what I, I was looking for to get my mind off of things. And I hope all of you listeners have enjoyed this exercise as well. And I will repeat it again. Let us know not only which team between Maxi and mine you think got the better end of things, uh, but let us know the team you would go with. We'll find be able to find the graphic with this podcast on our social media uh, tomorrow. Let us know. You know, be sure to send in your vote as well uh, because this is a lot of fun, as we mentioned. Uh, any final thoughts on this maxi before we wrap up today's pod honestly the only final thought i have and i'm just going to mention it given we're both wearing some beautiful cr gear is that i just got this hoodie in the other day 
and uh, we've had these nice pocket tees for a while now, but we just got these new hoodies, and you can see we got the nice clean logo out in the front, but besides that, it's so damn comfortable. I got it like three or four days ago, and I've actually, I mean, it's quarantine, so we wear the same shit every day anyways. (laughs) I've worn this hoodie every single day while I work, and it's wonderful, so uh, head over to the CR website, uh, crackrackets.com, and head over to the shop section. We've got some awesome new gear on there, and uh, it's comfortable, it's reasonably priced, and, and you won't regret it. I would take off my hat right now and show you my hair because I think I've worn a hat the past 12 days and it's nasty. And so I just can't do it because we're on YouTube too frequently now. I can't let you viewers see that side of me. Um, and by the way, for all of you listeners to this in podcast form, know that it will also be coming out in, in video form on our YouTube channel later on. So be sure to check that out and check out all of the incredible stuff. Super producer Daniel Westoff is up to on our YouTube channel, our new series, Hitting One, a video series following the life of the vision one tennis player alex russian our cr classic episodes overserve so much more of course also be sure to check out all of our podcasts this podcast the cracked interviews podcast the great shot podcast the inside out podcast like rate subscribe review with all of them share them with your friends and remember you can find all of our content by going to our website crackedrackets.com you need the more immediate updates twitter instagram facebook you can follow us and message us at cracked rackets shout out as always to the super producers max fligner and daniel West off for the <laughs> of an editing job they do day in, day out. They continue to kill it. And of course, none of this happens without the work they do behind the scenes. Shout out to our friends at Midwest Sports. Use that promo code CR15 to get 15% off your order. Shout out to our friends at Aerobar as well. Use that promo code CRACKED15 to get the supply of tennis specific energy bars that you need to make your return to the court whenever it may be. Shout out to you. My wonderful co-host as well, Maxwell LaPower Rothman. Maxie, it is always a pleasure to talk to you. Your final thoughts before I promise we wrap this bad boy up. Uh, it's been a while since I've given you a shout out uh, as well in return, and you know I think you only need it every once in a while because we, <laughs> we know where your ego's at. So, but I'll give you one now. Um, you know, sh- shout out to you for doing a wonderful job here, and also with the the post that you sent out earlier. I encourage others to go read it. Um, but yeah, that, that's all I've got left. Yeah, I you know what we I feel like again there's there's a lot we're not going to get into politics there's a lot of issues going on in the country right now and there are a lot of symptoms of those uh, a lot of causes behind those symptoms that we've begun to see but I do also think one of the flaws in our society right now is that men have forgotten how to show affection for one another there's all this <laughs> machismo there's this pseudo masculinity and if I take want... <laughs> perfect comfort in saying Maxie you know I love you as well so thank you love very you much too for saying yeah exactly nothing wrong uh, it's, with that th- this I mean if you guys want some just class act masculine affection just come right to the CR podcast. We still cuddle. Like, come on. (laughs) Uh, But with that in mind, that's a perfect place to wrap things up for my wonderful co-host, Maxwell LeBauer-Rothman, our super producers, Max Lignier and Daniel Westhoff, our friends at Midwest Sports and Aerobar, and from all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Maxie, what do we tell the people? That's a break. And we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. We'll be right back.